here on New Hope Radio, we are learning this week what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, how important that is. We noted that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would come, and you know what? He did, and he came on the day of Pentecost. That was 50 days after Jesus' ascension into heaven. What else did we learn? We learned that we know we're being led by the Spirit when we, number one, receive and show God's love. Number two, experience his joy in any circumstance. Number three, abide in God's wisdom rather than our own. And and you know what else is important? And you're very, I'm sure you're familiar with this if you've been a churchgoer for a while. The fruit of the Spirit is the result of the Holy Spirit working in your life. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? It's the virtues, the qualities of God. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when when Paul lifted, listed these, I liked at the end when he said, against which there is no law. <laughs> it's not against the law to have self-control. Did you know that? So don't worry, you won't get arrested. All right. Now, today we move on to a not much talked about ministry of the Holy Spirit. We hear a lot about quenching the Spirit, grieving the Spirit, being indwelt and filled with the Spirit. And those are all vital to our walk. But the one that I want to speak about today is being adopted by the Spirit. That's a good one. That's the one that gets us into the divine family. Oh yeah, the family of God. Adoption means to take someone from the outside, outside the what? the biological family, and bring them into the family with all of its rights and privileges. The adopted child is a full-fledged member of that family. you got to remember that. you got to make a spiritual application. When you're adopted into the family of God, you are a full-fledged member of that family, even though you're born outside the family. You have all the rights and privileges of that family. You have the family name. Don't forget that. You know, once family, always family, right? You can't not be family. Doesn't matter what you do or what you call yourself, you're still family. You can change your name, you're still family. You can deny it, you're still family. You can go to jail, you're still family. This is very comforting. When you're in the family of God, you can't get out. And you need to remember that. Paul began saying that we were born under the bondage of sin in Galatians 4, verse 4. He said, When the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. So he had a Jewish mother, and he came during the time that Israel was under the law. And why did he do that? So that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption 
as sons. And then he said this, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The Spirit of His Son is the Holy Spirit. And what Paul is saying is, the Holy Spirit affirms that we are children of God, even though we're born outside the divine family. Okay? See the role of the Spirit? Oh, it's so important. No one ever before called God Abba, Father. Hmm. This brings in a whole new intimacy with God. And Jesus first introduced the term Father when he addressed God as my Father. In Matthew 7.21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's pretty sobering. Calling Jesus Lord doesn't get you into heaven. (laughs) That's what he said. But wait. He who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. And and what I believe the Lord is saying is, you you can profess Christ, but your life has to line up with it. Your life is the evidence of your profession. How about that? You can profess, but how do you know it took? How do you know it's real? Because your life complements it. So, Jesus is saying, listen, this is my Father in heaven that we're talking about. He had a very personal, intimate relationship with God the Father. He included us when he taught the disciples to pray in Matthew 6. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, okay, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven. Oh, I like that. Our Father. That means if we all have the same divine Father, that puts us all in the same family. Right? Got the same Father? We're in the same family. So, when we're adopted into God's family by the Holy Spirit, we are in a brand new relationship with God. And that relationship, because it was accomplished by God the Holy Spirit, it cannot be, here it comes, undone. It cannot be undone. God did it. Man can't undo what God has done. So the Holy Spirit assures us of a special, loving relationship with God. He all, And also, speaking of adoption, God planned from eternity past that all believers in His Son would be adopted into His family. That's the predestination, what God had decreed. All those who receive My Son will be adopted into My family by the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father, His Father again, I like that. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So where are those blessings found when we're in Christ? I've said this many times. Everything happens after we're in Christ. Salvation happens after we're in Christ. Predestination happens after we're in Christ. 
The distribution of gifts happens after we're in Christ. You've got to be in Christ for all these spiritual things to happen. Outside of Christ, nothing happens. When we're in Him, then things begin to move. Paul said in verse 4, Just as He chose us in Him, God the Father chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Now, wait a minute. It doesn't say He chose us to be in Him. It says He chose us in Him. That tells me, once I'm in Him, I become chosen. That's what it tells me. You know, Jesus was the only one elect. And when we're in Christ, we share His election. So, everything takes place, again, in Him. Just as He chose us in Him, before the foundation of the world, that what? We would be holy and blameless before Him. That means God has a plan of sanctification for our lives, and that plan begins after we're in Christ. Then he said, in love, verse 5, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. So this was the divine decree, that those who accept Christ as Savior would be predestined to be adopted through Christ to God. Okay? I'm trying to simplify this as much as I can. He predestined those that are saved to be adopted into the family of God according to the kind intention of His will. So what is God saying? Everybody that puts faith in my Son, I adopt you into my family. And I predetermined that in eternity past. And that's the destiny of every Christian. Now, once we're saved, like I said, we are predestined to be adopted into God's family. We're not predestined to be saved. No, once we're saved, we're predestined to be adopted into God's family. Okay? That's the foundation right there. If we don't have that foundation, everything you build on top of that is going to be very, very shaky. Now, no one goes out and adopts a child like, boom, I think I just go adopt a child. It takes planning. It takes time. And often, it takes a great expense. Some people go overseas to adopt a child with all that I just mentioned. If you're going to go overseas and adopt a child, I know a family that went to the Philippines to adopt a little brother and sister. And it took what? Planning, time, and a great expense. Same thing. So when God adopted us into his divine family, it took that as well. Planning. When did God plan this? Before the foundation of the world. Oh, yeah. Before there was a world. (laughs) Before there was people. Before there was anything. God the Father said, anybody who accepts my son, they will be predestined to be adopted into my family. So that's the planning stage. Then it took time. And you know when it happened? We read that scripture. In the fullness of time. At just the right time, Jesus came. And he made a way. Oh yeah, he made a way for us to be adopted into God's family. Oh, and the expense? How about the perfect blood, the precious blood 
of Jesus. That was the expense. The precious blood of the Son of God. All this was done so we could be brought into God's family. All that was done. And when a child is adopted, there's not much they have to do. It's all the work of the adopting family. So when we're adopted into God's family, there's nothing we do. We're already saved. God did all the work. He did the planning. He put in the time. And he paid the expense. And boom, here we are. Now, here's where it gets a little more practical. As a child of God, right, you're in the divine family, you're expected to walk worthy. You're not expected to be a knucklehead. You're expected to walk worthy. Paul said that in Ephesians 4.1. Walk worthy of the calling with which you have been called. You know, you're in the family of God. Oh, that's a very noble family. It's a high calling. It's a high-class family. So you walk worthy of that family. Okay? Being in God's family provides security for the believer. That's good to know. Like I read in Ephesians 1.13, in Him, again, everything takes place in Christ. So in Him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, there it is, the free will choice of the believer, you believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So you see how it works? We heard the gospel message, the message of our salvation. We believed it. At that moment, you become sealed in Christ with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes up residence inside every Christian. That's called the indwelling of the Spirit. And what it mean, what does it mean that you're sealed by the Spirit? The word sealed, it means to stamp or to mark or to attest to. I remember years ago in commercials, they would sell products and they would say, Oh, this one has the seal of good housekeeping. Maybe it was a, a toaster or a blender. I right? remember those commercials. Yes, you, you can, you can bank on this product. It's got the seal of good housekeeping, which means it's been proven and tested and it's, you can trust it. Well, we've got the sealing of the Holy Spirit. And that means what? We're secure. Is it any wonder sometimes because we've got the sealing and the indwelling of the Spirit that we feel closer to fellow believers even more than we do our own natural family members? That can happen. We seem to be more in union with them than with non-believing, even family members. Sometimes that happens. Not all the time. But sometimes. Because being adopted into the family, you know what that also means? We have a new household. Oh, yeah. New family, new household. Paul said in Ephesians 2.18, Through him, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father, so that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. I like that. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Oh, man, he's building the house. Oh, yeah. And we're going to be in God's 
household. That means God's family. It doesn't doesn't matter how your natural family treats you. Maybe they treat you very well. Maybe they don't. There's a lot of outcasts today from their family for whatever reason. But I'm going to tell you something. Once you're in God's family, you'll never be cast out. You can live with the assurance of security and affirmation in the family of God. There's nothing you can do or say to get you out of the divine family. You know why? Because you didn't put you there. God the Holy Spirit did. You have been adopted into the family. You've been given a new name of Christ, Christian. You've been given a new family, the body of Christ. We're all members of one body. And we can never be severed. There'll be no amputations in the body of Christ. No. No missing fingers, toes, ears, eyes, or nose. We will be complete. The body of Christ will be complete when he, when God the Father presents the church to his son. and says, son, here's your bride. And Jesus looks at us and says, she's beautiful. Because we're complete. Finally, when you're a member of a household, you have boldness. And we have boldness that comes from being in a member of God's household. And this boldness comes in different areas. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3.12 that he had boldness in his speech. He said, hmm, isn't that interesting? He wasn't afraid to speak the truth. Because when you're rightly related to God, you have that confidence, you have that diligence, you have that boldness to speak, and you don't hold back. He said to the Thessalonians, after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, he says, they were beat up, arrested, it wasn't good. But we have the boldness in our God to speak the gospel, even among much opposition. So, you know, they were beating them down. These wasn't going to shut up. You can't shut somebody up that's in love with God. You can't do it. You can't do it. I remember a few years ago, I went out with my wife on vacation. We stayed at a bed and breakfast. It was in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, we had a nice time. It's a nice place. And, you know, at a bed and breakfast, all the guests come down. We all sat at one big table for breakfast. And at the table, you know, you find this out through talking to people. There was a liberal, a man with a liberal mindset. There was a psychic and his wife. And they actually made a living doing psychic things, fortune-tellings. I think he was even a, a exorcist or cast out demon, something like that. Then there was another man and his wife. And then there was us. And I'm like, oh, man, I got all these wackos at my table. And uh, here comes the food. And, you know, I always pray and thank God for my food. So I said, hey, mind if I pray? I got the psychics, the liberals, the witches. Okay. I I prayed. I had boldness. I said, you know what? I got the truth. I'm going to pray. And I thank God for our breakfast and our food. And we went on. And I felt good. (laughs) I had beads of sweat running down my head. (laughs) 
but I felt good. I felt like I passed the test. I didn't fail. I could have, I could have won like, oh God, thank you for my phone. And God heard it, but the people needed to hear it. Sometimes when we pray, we're praying to God, but people need to hear it too. And we pray and we lift it up in the name of Jesus. And I'll tell you, it was, you know, it was a, a test, a challenge. What are people going to think of me? What are they going to say? They're going to attack me. And you know what? They were fine. Very respectful. So be bold. We have boldness. Never forget the boldness that you have in Christ. Speak for him and speak to him as well. Because only real boldness comes from Jesus and from the indwelling spirit. So in summary, let me kind of summarize what we talked about today, because it's important to understand that every Christian at the moment of salvation, is adopted into God's family. You belong. You have a belonging. You might be living alone right now, but you belong to the best family there ever was, the family of God. And what did we learn about this family today? Number one, God planned it from eternity past. He always knew that people that accept his son, he decreed, would be adopted into his family. You got to get that. We're not adopted before salvation. We're adopted because we're saved. Okay? Number two. In this family, we can have a loving, personal relationship with God. And again, it it contrasts the way people lived before Christ came. When Christ came, God was far off, right? Moses would go up on the mountain, and it'd be like, don't touch the mountain, you'll die. The priest would go in the Holy of Holies and be like, no one else can go in. And if he messed up, he died. But after Christ came and died and rose again, We all have access to God, and now we have a personal relationship with God. No one has to go to God on our behalf. We go to God ourselves. Why? Because it's family. Thirdly, because we're in a divine family, we have eternal acceptance, and that makes us secure. We have a new name of Christ, Christian, and we have new blood, the precious blood of Christ has made us one. You can't, see, people in a natural family can't deny they're in the natural family. You can't undo a natural family. You can't undo a divine family either. Once you're in, you're in. You can't get out. This new family means a new household. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. So where I am, you may be also. I like that. And you know what else it does? It gives us boldness to speak for him and to him. Be bold. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Don't be embarrassed because you're in the greatest family in all the universe. Be bold about that. Let me leave you with this illustration. A Roman soldier returned from battle. He's parading the spoils of war. And um, there's a little boy standing on the sidelines as the soldiers are coming down Main Street in Rome. And the people are cheering and clapping. Ah. 
And there's a little boy, and he's trying to fight through the crowd to jump up on one of the horses. And a soldier grabs him and says, Whoa, Sonny, where are you going? You can't go up there. He said, Don't you know that's the general up there on that horse? And the little boy said, He might be your general, but he's my father. He's my daddy. And he has access. <laughs> he can get right up there. That's right. He has access. And you know what? You have access to God. You have access on your own. You don't have to say, oh, can you go to God for me? God wants you to come to him. Just like any father wants their child, jump up on their knee. Come, jump up. Come and see me. God the Father wants us to come to him. Because he's our father. A perfect, heavenly father. And he's done all of this for us. And he's given us a phenomenal eternal future, but he wants it to have a positive impact upon our life right now. When you know what waits for you in the future, you can be more content with where you are. You know what's coming. So why not be content today? And God has not kept this a mystery. He's told us. And he said, listen, my Holy Spirit has mocked you out and he's inside of you. And he'll be there until the day of redemption. That means the day that you come to heaven. So you are safe. You are secure. Nothing can come between us. Like Paul said one time, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And he named all kinds of things. Nothing. Nothing can come between you and God the Father. Why? Because you're family. That's why. Because you're family. Once family, always family. And we're not in it by natural birth. We're in it by spiritual birth because it's at that moment that the adoption takes place. Well, I hope that's comforting. It is to me, and I said it. I like to hear these things. I like to hear things that remind me of my security in Christ. That I'm, that I don't have to wish or hope or worry about eternal future. That I can live on the fact that I'm in the family of God. And God wants you to live in that too. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you're in the family. If not, don't waste any time. Don't be on the outside when you can be on the inside. The greatest family that ever lived. God's family. Thanks for coming along today. Hey, send me an email. Let me know if the program's helping you. New Hope Radio, the number seven, at gmail.com. Let me know how it's working out, and I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.